Welcome to the Gospel Central Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy today's message. Please visit our website at gospelcentral.church for more information. Welcome uh, tonight. Uh, welcome for those that have jumped on late. Uh, tonight I am going to speak about guardrails. Uh, guardrails, or in other words, safeguards, um, principles that I believe it's helpful to put in place and you walk with God as an individual and as a collective, as a family. And I think these are healthy guardrails um, that will help you uh, to navigate yourself away from potential um, disaster, them falling into temptation, uh, or even going as far as shipwrecking your faith. Now, it's not one. It's not intended to be a comprehensive list. It's not, uh, it's not the intention is also not for it to come across as rules, although we are allergic to rules. Um, it is, uh, it's rules in inverted commas, um, principles, if we follow it, that will help us. Um, I would love you to get a pen and paper ready. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to share quite a broad number of things. And I'm, and I'm not going to go into detail in some of them. Some of them you've heard. Some of them you'd say, there's Marnie saying it again. And uh, I think as we find ourselves in unfamiliar territory, we find ourselves in an online digital world, uh, separated from one another, not engaged in community as much as we used to be. Um, it does open us to deception more than ever before, especially as we find ourselves so engaged in social media, and, and, its, and its ability to give everybody a voice and everybody has the freedom with an opinion and, and information and, 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 and deception is so readily, readily available. Um, so, Chris, can I ask if you don't mind maybe just praying fast before we start and then I will give us going just before Chris prays. Uh, many of the things I mentioned is intended to be conversation starters. So it's a combination tonight of a bit of training, a bit of workshopping, a bit of discussion. And as I said early on, for those who jumped on early, uh, the intention is that we will probably hone in and discuss certain ones in more detail than other ones. So Chris, would you mind praying for us, please? Sure. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you for this opportunity to meet again. And uh, Lord, I really want to pray that uh, by your spirit, you would uh, work on us tonight, that you would uh, open our hearts and our minds to receive uh, the points that you know are very valid in, in our lives. And I just pray that you would speak through Marnie tonight. We thank you for this opportunity. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, so what I'm going to do, here's the outline. I'm going to talk about guardrails. Uh, first of all, I'm going to talk about the sexual guardrails. That's where I'm going to start personal. Uh, then I'm going to talk about guardrails in terms of our relationship with God. Um, then um, look at some financial, I'd probably give it a heading of a big decision guardrails. Uh, then, uh, then I am going to move on to family guardrails. Uh, sort of some guardrails we can put in place. And you're obviously welcome if I've left any out. You can say, well, Marnie, this is something we do in our family, and it's really helpful. And then I'm going to look at uh, guardrails we can put in place in terms of keeping us to the truth, 
Uh, and that's some, some of the things that you have heard me speak about uh, since the beginning of the year. So let's Let's get going with uh, sexual guardrails. Uh, take notes. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna probably ask you. I'm gonna go through all of them without uh, allowing time for discussions or clarification or anything. Please make a note. Uh, it doesn't help you. You put something in the chat room. I'm not gonna look at the chat room until I get to the end. Uh, so you need to make. You need to Maybe make. Uh, you need to you need to uh, take notes and then uh, then we will get going and I, I really want to invite you to make it interactive tonight and not hide behind the screen and just listen I think it's the biggest most benefit you will get out of it if you if you do that uh, and I think you will get yeah the most benefit out of it if you do that so when we look at sexual uh, guardrails um, the Bible talks about running away from sin. And, 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 and the safest way, uh, the best way to guard against sexual temptation is to run away from it, to run away from anything that seems like sin, the Bible says, and not to engage it and somehow think that you can engage certain, certain things that are, that are questionable and then afterwards having uh, remedies in place or sort of reactionary, reactionary uh, uh, principles in place. So the one is, um, something that, that I always speak to the specifically to the elders about is the fact that we, when it comes to opposite sex, uh, that we will be very careful uh, when we meet with somebody of the opposite sex, uh, that we will do things like keep the door open. Um, when, we, when we have to drive in the car, which I hope we don't have to do, uh, drive in a car with a person that's not your wife. I'm not talking about single guys now, but drive with somebody of the opposite sex that's not your spouse if you marry, that you would try as much as it's possible not to engage that, even if it sometimes means that it leads to significant logistical challenges. I've heard too many people say to me, uh, I, sorry, Marnie, you know, I think you're just a bit over pedantic. Uh, I think... The idea is not to see how far you can go, but it's actually to stay as far as possible away from, from uh, situations. And if you have absolutely no choice to give somebody a lift in, your, in, in a car, that you most certainly will not make a habit of it. So I, I think married couples or married people that, 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 are, that are driving day in and day out home with somebody of the opposite sex, especially if they're alone in the car or just looking for trouble. They're just making life difficult for themselves. Then also in terms of communications, um, even as far as texting, WhatsApping one another, if you text somebody else, keep it business-like and don't go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, conversation after conversation. And I certainly think if you are in communication with somebody on WhatsApp or whatever, it's certainly not the place for you to, to, uh, to um, reveal anything where you're struggling with your relationship with your wife or with your husband. I don't think at all it's okay if you uh, open that channel and start having WhatsApp or Facebook conversations uh, with uh, the opposite sex. I would also encourage you to, if you, again, if you're married and if you're single, and you want to keep yourself to these things. I hope that you will have a close friends that can check you on these things. But as couples, I don't think we should have 
um, any passwords or anything on our phones that our spouses can't get into. Um, they need to be able to get to everything. If you if you have to delete a WhatsApp message to somebody else, you know you're already in big trouble. If you think that a specific conversation with somebody, if you receive an inappropriate comment from somebody, the quicker you run to your wife and show it to her, the better. And then the last comment, or the, another one that's related, if uh, you uh, arrive in a counseling situation, that you will as quickly as possible. Sometimes it's not always possible initially. Again, the door open, keep your distance. Uh, don't, don't console by hugging uh, when it's an opposite sex. And as quickly as possible, uh, refer the person to, uh, if it's a lady, to your wife, and if it's a man, to your husband. Um, then for the for married guys, and I'm saying things that you think you won't believe on why I'm even saying this, but it obviously comes from uh, uh, me engaging people and experiencing certain, certain conduct that people are seeing as actually quite okay and it's not okay. And it's the whole principle of flirting. Uh, as a married guy, uh, not out of 10, if flirting is not on the table, it's never on the table. It doesn't matter how indirect it is. Um, single guys, I want to say, if you're into flirting, uh, I think there's healthier ways of engaging the opposite sex. Then the last one on under sexual guardrails uh, are movies. And, and, and the reason I choose to mention these things, because for such a long time, I've assumed that people, of course, will know that they that it's not helpful in terms of they walk with God to actually engage in uh, in watching 16 movies, movies, movies with a lot of sex or sexual uh, scenes in the movies. And somehow we, we have decided that actually I'm more mature. I can handle it. Uh, I beg to differ. I, how many, how many movies with sex scenes are too many? One, one movie is too many because sometimes you will watch something that's inappropriate and you think I handled that quite well. And then the next one, and then the next one, and then there's an excellent movie. Then there's a nice porn movie like Game of Thrones, uh, or or whatever. What's it, Fifty Shades or something? I can't remember. Something like that. Um, and and guys, you're playing with fire. It's like holding fire in your hands and saying, "I can handle the fire. It won't burn my hands." The same with articles. Um, if you really read read the news and those kind of things, and it's articles about um, you have to you have to see this or six ways I mean what I can't think of anything now six six ways of of getting a girl to like you uh, I would not read those kind of things you wouldn't I wouldn't go there moving on to the next one so if you want to get back to this later on when in my talk you welcome to guardrails in terms of your relationship in terms of your relationship with God um, First of all, I think it's important that you that you that you will commit yourself to having an understanding of the gospel. It sounds so obvious, but it's one of the best and safest ways to guard yourself against a spirit of legalism. And what do I mean by that? Is when you get yourself into legalism, Christianity becomes dull. Christianity becomes a do do do, and it's the quickest way to to lose a vibrant relationship with God. And it's the same thing with, 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 with the relationships. As soon as the relationship is 
I need to do this. I need to do this. I need to tell my wife seven times I love her a week. I need to tell her every morning. I have to tell her this at night and I have to do this. And you and your, and your person you're in a relationship with have these rules of, of what's okay and what's not okay. Um, what's okay, what, hold on, I'm just making sure that I'm okay. Yeah. What's okay and what's not okay. It's the same with our relationship with God. Um, that we will make sure that we understand understand uh, what it means to have a relationship with God. And later on, I'm gonna I'm gonna get to some healthy questions you can ask one another that'll help you to determine where somebody is, where they work, where where, where they walk with God. And as I said so many times, uh, one of the best number one guardrails in your life and making making yourself safe is the word of God and reading it regularly and engaging it, uh, having a regular next point, having a regular time with God, morning, evening, driving in the car, finding a way to engage God, engage the word. Andrew has recently last Sunday uh, uh, put out a message, uh, Josh Jen, on how to have a quiet time, how I have a time to God. I would recommend that you watch it. But spending time with God, um, and, and then I also need to mention, um, there, there's a saying that you know a lot about a man by the excuses he makes. And I've often heard people's excuses, yeah, I don't get time. And I still have to discover anyone in life that has not got time for things that are important. Uh, I still have to find people say to me, I don't have time to do quiet time. It's just not true. All, you, all you're saying to me, when you ever say that to me, for instance, all you're saying is not important enough. Um, spending lots of time with your family and your wife is just more important than God. So once you've done that and you spend time with your children every single night and with your wife and time to sport and eating and working, then you run out of time. What you're saying is those things are more important. That's actually what we're saying indirectly. Um, and, then, and then also, uh, and that also will be linked with the questions we can ask one another is uh, look at your fruits. Look at the fruits. If you have made a commitment to follow Jesus and you don't see a difference in your walk with God, then, then you might have all sorts of religious talk, but you might just not have a, you actually don't have a relationship with God and you might even not be born again. Um, the Bible says, show me your faith. Uh, show me, you, you cannot have faith without works. So works doesn't bring you into the kingdom, but once you're in the kingdom and there are no works, and then nothing that shows that you are a child of God. Your language is not changing. Your conduct is not changing. Your desire to serve God is not changing. Your desire to know more about God is not changing. And maybe your faith was never real. Next, next guardrail. I think a guardrail that I think is helpful to put in place when it comes to big decision making. And this is what I often see when I speak to people, when it comes to big financial decisions. Uh, big decisions and financial decisions, um, people miss the very offer, the very, very obvious guardrail of checking it with their spouses. The amount of times that I see males making massive decisions without even checking it with their wives. Uh, now I speak with males more, so I'm speaking from a male perspective, but so often uh, in, a, in the people I speak to here, 
um, there is not even a consideration to run it past the wife and hear what the wife would say in the situation. And then I would say another guardrail when it comes to big decisions, guys, I, I, I've noticed how many people make big decisions and then I later on I hear and I thought that is such so obviously a very unwise decision. And then I say, well, did you run it past anyone? No, no, just we just my wife and I made the decision. And I would say if it's a massive decision um, and I would say things like uh, buying a house, maybe even buying a car. Um, moving house, you think, well, that's just the decision between me and my wife. I don't, this is not a rule, but I don't think, I think there will be a great benefit if you run it past a good friend, a wise friend, not a friend that will, or if you want to run it, always want to run it past a friend that agrees with you, it's a waste of time. It needs to be a friend that you know will ask you difficult questions. Um, run it past the elders. Now, the elders are not expert in every field, but the elders. Part of the reason they elders is that I do believe the elders of this wisdom, this general wisdom that applies to many decisions. And I want to encourage you to find an elder up, find a leader up and say, you know what, we want to make this big decision. What's your thoughts on it? So I would say uh, that's an incredible God on us and helping us not to make unwise decisions in our lives. Um, I would say, and that obviously leads to um, I'm going to leave that for later. Okay, then when it comes to when it comes to family, um, some of the things I'm picking up guardrails uh, in terms of your kids and your kids. And I mean, I'm, this is not a comprehensive list. Um, the, we need to be not in fact careful, but I've picked up uh, your kids and dating. Have you, as a family, as a as a couple, have you got a theology? Have you got a a principle in place, uh, what are the guardrails in terms of when your kid likes somebody else? Um, I think we need to be very careful on this one that we that we don't follow the principles of the world when it comes to when it comes to dating. And uh, and certainly I've picked up that people are very lax when it comes to relationships, and they're quite okay that their daughter goes out with a guy that's not a Christian. Uh, just so that it's clear, guys, the Bible is actually clear we shouldn't be marrying non-Christians. And, and 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 it's something that I thought it's obvious, but it's not obvious. The, the amount of times that I've seen a kid marrying a non-Christian and then having, yeah, but he's a nice guy. Yeah, but she's so sweet and so nice. And, and you know what? He's nearly, he's nearly made a decision and he's come a bit with me to church. Well, you will know them by their fruit. And if there's no fruit, just being interested in Christianity doesn't make you a Christian. Being nice doesn't make you a Christian. Nice people don't go to heaven. Uh, people that are sweet don't go to heaven. People that are interested in Christianity doesn't go to heaven. People that are born again and their life has changed, subsequently changing, and their commitment to God and its church is what I call a born-again Christian. The works must follow. So when it comes to... <laughs> Uh, your your little one that suddenly wants to date. Um, do you follow what the world is saying and saying, oh, I'm going to allow them boy to have boyfriends and girlfriends? Uh, because the, just so that I remind you, the whole purpose, and, and the, I'm, not, I'm not now talking about against dating or not dating. What I'm just saying is, why do we date? So that we get to, so that we get to know one another, so that it leads to marriage. So I don't know. This is a controversial one, and I'm doing it intentionally so you can bring it up and throw it back at me. But the question is, for what purpose are the kids dating if they're not going to get married? Uh, next one. 
Are you having conversations with you regarding guardrails? Are you having conversations with your child about gender issues, the relevant gender gender issues that we that's on the table, uh, homosexuality, LGBT, all those kind of things? Are you having conversations with that, or do you leave it to the church? Do you leave it to the school? Uh, are you having conversation about sex with them? And obviously. You can't have a conversation about sex to a three-year-old, so please don't hear me what I'm not saying. Are you having conversations about alternative religions, um, especially now that many curriculums are, are teaching kids about all the religions, and they're definitely not teaching them, yes, all the religions, but there's only one that is right, and that's Christianity. That's all of right, all of the same God. And are you countering that, or are you just leaving for the educational system, which is increasingly not biblically based, teaching your kid that all religions are actually okay and all God, all, all um, different multiple ways lead to God. That's what Oprah says. Um, are you having conversations with your kid about peer pressure and how to handle peer pressure? Are you having conversations with your kids about social justice? Yes, social justice, which in a way is the umbrella term for many of these things that I've mentioned. Those some of the guardrails. So as I'm saying, it's, it's, it's conversation starters this evening. Um, you know, as you can hear, I'm not getting a, giving you a thousand answers on all of them. Um, a few other truths about, about um, uh, guardrails and putting guardrails in place. Just know whatever you put in will come out. So if you give yourself to a huge amount of YouTube, watching all sorts of stuff, uh, if you give yourselves to sermons, of your favorite preacher because he's so cool. He says that you can claim things and name things and he's a soft prosperity guy and you don't even know what soft prosperity means. Um, and you constantly go and listen to your favorite worship band and you just the same one all the time know that you are opening yourself to danger. If you're not careful, careful, have carefully considered what theology is behind some of the things you're watching. And just remember that you cannot live in a vacuum of discipleship. Every single day you are discipled. If you're not discipled in towards the image of Christ, you're discipled by what you listen to. Your YouTube video, your sermon, your worship is theology, is discipling you every day. And uh, the same with um, are we considering, um, are we training ourselves, equipping ourselves, another guardrail to, to know the difference between a, cycle, a secular psychological perspective on life and a biblical perspective on life because the two are not always congruent they all, or they're not always the same. They don't come from the same worldview. Um, and then something like, okay, I'm not going to mention that one, last, 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 uh, four or five lines, and then I'm opening the floor for you to engage and ask questions. I think one of the best guardrails you can put in place, and speaking to the choir now, one of the number one guardrail you can put in place in gospel central churches be in a DNA. And be in a functional DNA. Not that, yes, I am in a DNA, but we have, we, we've never met, we don't talk deep, we talk about the rugby, we talk about the soccer, we talk, that's not a DNA, that's a fellowship, that's people connecting over the bride. But are we asking difficult questions? So one of the number one guardrails for everything I've mentioned so far is 
be involved in a, in a, in a DNA and a community group, but I would say then that needs to go deeper into a DNA, men with men, three to four men. And if you can't all meet together, at least two guys get regularly together. In other words, engagement in church, not attendance. Um, I see people have unfortunately limit themselves to watching a message and that's church engagement. And people think that they get away with, I don't know if you can see I'm holding inverted commas, we think we're getting away by just watching a Sunday sermon, by not engaging, by getting used to the fact, oh, I don't like Zoom. Um, but often the fact that we don't engage technology has got nothing to do with our ability to engage technology. It's just not our style. But um, what are we willing to do to fight for our faith? Um, and then um, when it comes to when it comes to guardrails, and I want to unpack a bit DNA uh, within a DNA setting and a small men with men, women with women, uh, are we committed to speaking the truth to one another when we notice, notice something, or do we wait for somebody else to talk? Are we going to talk? Are we our brother's keeper? Yes, we are. We are our brother's keeper. Yes, we are responsible. The Bible speaks about it clearly. Are responsible for our brothers well. Will we be held accountable before God? I do think there's a measure of accountability before God. If we see something is wrong, we don't speak up. Do we check up on one another? When somebody is disappearing, do we wait for four or five months before say, hey, man, what's happening? Um, and then... Um, the type of questions, and then I'm done, the type of questions that I think is helpful when this is for me the summary of almost everything I've said tonight, when we when we get together in our in our context with men, men and men, women with women, I think some of the helpful questions that we can ask one another so that it leads to intentionally spiritual conversation about what's happening in your life regarding all these temptations that I've mentioned here. Ask the question. Um, what is your walk like with God? And then you say to the guy up front, because otherwise we will often give evasive, no, it's good, evasive answers. I say up front, I say, question 1A, what is your walk with God like? Question 1B, qualify why you say that. So if you say yes, tell me why do you think it's yes? If it's not good, tell me why is it not good? And then allow that conversation to go. Because asking somebody how you're doing can lead to, Man, I'm quite miserable because I've lost. We've lost the soccer last night, and you never get to having a godly conversation. So I think we need to get to the point and ask, "What does your walk with God look like?" And open-ended question. And I think another question that is brilliant to ask is, "What are you struggling with?" And these are guardrail questions. What are you struggling with? And then a follow-on. And what do you need to repent of? And and that could be anything from, "Hey guys, pray for me this week." I struggle with lustful thoughts. I've looked at things I shouldn't have looked at. Okay, so what are some of the things you looked at? Uh, because I think we can, and men, we can ask those questions. So, that, okay, let's pray together. Maybe we're going to give you an opportunity to repent. Have you repented of? Ask the person, have you repented of that sin? Let's be specific. And then the third kind of question, okay, buddy, so what's the action plan? And that's where we can get involved and say, so let's say the guy is called uh, Jimmy. Uh, Jimmy, uh, I know you're struggling, but we want to pray for you. What's the action plan? What's some of the things you're going to put in place? Guardrails. And we would like to commit ourselves to, to holding you accountable to these things and asking you follow-on questions next week when we come back and say, buddy, how did it go? Now, my thought life, 
it's not really better it's worse okay so tell me did you watch did you watch uh a, a sexually explicit movie in the last week no really and on and on facebook uh not really youtube yep on youtube okay maybe that's where the trigger happens so um i i want to encourage i want to encourage you guys to get yourself into groups where you can ask each other for the sake of yourself and for the sake of your friend uh, and the king in the kingdom those are some of the crazy comments i threw out here in terms of guardrails we can put in place and as you can hear i'm summarizing it and saying that the number one guardrail is living in community and staying close to one another brothers with brother sister with sister and holding each other accountable um uh, because I, it, there's no such thing as me and god it's me and god in the context of community me and god or me and the bible no it's me and the bible will keep it going no me and the bible uh, no it's not supposed to be done in an isolated um, uh, environment so that's that's sort of my opening thoughts guys uh, I did intentionally try to be a bit controversial here and there just so that I can get conversation starters. So if anyone wants to go add a comment, ask questions, uh, you're welcome. Uh, I've learned rightly, uh, and I think I mentioned it on Sunday, um, we need to challenge people on each other on our walk with God. I think we too quickly assume people are born again because they talk the talk, they talk the Christian talk. Okay, who wants to go first? I think everyone is just laughing right now. I don't think anybody can even begin to start. <laughs> um, but try to try and to try and help uh, kick us off. Uh, thanks, Moni. I think it's it's great to have such a, a, a wide broad stroke approach to the realities. And I think, you know, we, we are beginning to um, yeah, become a little bit narrow-minded uh, and, and we're not taking in the full, uh, the full, what I want to say, like the full uh, spectrum um, of our walk with God. Uh, and, and we tend to allow many other voices and many other things uh, come in because we have gotten out of uh, our rhythms of, you know, meeting regularly, going to, uh, you know, a, a place of worship with, you know, like, for example, embassy. Um, and it's been a full year of absolute disruption with regards to that. So it's, uh, it, I think it is good questions to be asking. Um, so, yeah, I, I think, uh, It'll be great to hear from other people what what's the one thing that's that stood out for you this evening that Marnie's that Marnie's brought up. I hope you guys are not hearing it as rules, but it's we need to start somewhere and we're holding each other accountable. We want to learn from one another. That's the point. If you yeah, if you have a diff, yeah, anyway. Uh, Gordon, you obviously hear me laughing. <laughs> um, yeah, the the I don't think there was anything really new that I that I heard tonight. But 
uh, a very good reminder to be intentional about the things that we actually know about. You know, so often we'll learn something new and, ah, no, that was a, that was a good sermon or good message or whatever we heard. And uh, by Monday afternoon, that's well in the dustbin and we've moved on to the next thing because we're not being intentional about implementing whatever the, 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 the thing that uh, has been put on our hearts. So I think being intentional about what we are are involved in or, or what's uh, getting in our way, et cetera, is, is, a, is an important part of, of uh, the process of going forward. Just to add on from where Chris has left, I think to be intentional, we should also be accountable to each other or in our groups. And I think that's where the problem is coming, uh, to be open in our various DNA groups and, and all that sort of stuff. I think that's what we need to work on hard and try and open up from, and maybe it'll help that in that direction. Um, I think, Rami, it's a very good comment um, because I feel like we can talk DNA, but unless we live it, it's just another thought. Yeah, I'm part of a DNA. Yeah, okay. Is that functional? Are you asking hard questions? And I think we need to ask each other uh, difficult, hard questions, uncomfortable questions. You need to sit there and feel like deep breath. If you, if you and in your DNA are not uncomfortable sometimes, you not have, you actually don't, I don't think you have a true functional DNA. If you don't get away then thinking, Phew, like my like I'm, my temperature is going up, I feel very uncomfortable right now. We're not going deep enough. And the Bible does Yeah, Sorry, go for it. Sorry, I think there's a bit of a delay. I just wanted to ask on the family yeah. um, about some some kind of resource there that we can read through as as parents. Um, that is, that is, uh, I suppose, being screened and is is okay. Um, on those, you know, you spoke about the principles on dating and gender issues. We actually just chatted about that this morning. And alternative religions. Just maybe I can try and find some and run them past you. But we we yeah. definitely, yeah, that's a big one. Yeah. Um, Ilka, there, there, there are many that I've known, but I'm not going to just ramble off. Um, Lindsay will, I know Lindsay's in the other room and she'll take a note. Um, I'll try to look at some resources. Um, I think in terms of the different religions, that will be easy to find. Um, then the one on um, um, on gender and, and, and those kind of things, I think it's something that we could find. Um, having a healthy perspective on dating, I will have to investigate this. There's unhelpful Christian Christian material that has come out in the past that uh, that has not been helpful. Uh, just telling a parent you shouldn't let your kid date. I don't think that's the way you should answer that question or engage it. So we will have to investigate something that's healthy there. And if you if you discover something before us, uh, Ilka, you're welcome to have a conversation with me and we can make the resource available. Uh, I think there's many parents that would love to do that well, but have just not been resourced. So yeah, thank you. Very good question. Uh, we'll get back to you on those kind of things. Um, unfortunately, 
it might be that we don't have on some things not lots of material because I don't think 20, 30 years ago uh, parents had to have conversation about about gender issues and and uh, multiple or various religions. Uh, it's an, it's something that that people like the Greens are facing right now. Thank you, Mani. Thanks, Mani. Cool. Any anyone else? Um, any any comments you guys want to add in terms of you know the comments I made about keeping yourself from sexual temptation? And obviously, I'm not asking us to get you know go into details. We have a mixed group here, um, but um, um, yeah. Um, on yeah, parenting, um, maybe. I, I don't know whether. I'm... Go, Justin. Okay, I'm. I'm just thinking. Um. Um. Listening to some of these things, uh, especially to do with uh, maybe a married person traveling, uh, having, uh, getting a lift with somebody uh, of the opposite sex. Um, <clears throat> I'm also just imagining, I mean, for, for some of us that are working in, a, in an environment where we are almost like in control of who is assigned with us or to us, it uh, is somehow like easy to decide who am I going to go with? Maybe uh, for a meeting, who am I going to pick up on, on, on a car? But I'm just also imagining and thinking of people maybe who are working in a department, and 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 and, the, and this department, this 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 industry does not care about those things, and and they happen to be colleagues that are maybe they are marketing executives, and then um, uh, they, it happens that maybe they are told, okay, you are going to have a meeting uh, at um, this place, and here is a car, and 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 they have to go there. So if, if, if they don't, probably then one of them has to, to incur his own cost. And so I'm, I'm, I'm trying to bring that situation. Um, how do we handle such situations? Because there will be times when probably uh, a person is actually found in those uh, circumstances where they may have to, once in a while or two, um, at what point can, can they not do that? And how can we advise them? I think I think it's a good question, uh, Justin. Before I say anything, does anyone want to comment on that? Before I say anything, um, yeah, I can make a suggestion. Um, so it's not a it's not to try and answer from a from a theological point of view, um, but you know, something that I think God will always try and do is give us a way out. You know, so if, if in this kind of scenario, uh, if I had to try and put myself in those shoes where uh, I had to go to a meeting um, and, and I worked for somebody who said, you know, you and this colleague of yours who is a lady uh, must, must get in this car and go to this meeting, um, I would probably make the attempt to get a hold of one of my DNA guys. So I'd phone either Marnie or Chris and I'd have a very long conversation with them all the way to the meeting. Uh, and, and they effectively are accompanying me in the ride. Um, so a nice WhatsApp call, 
And yeah, the lady might think I'm a bit weird because I'm having this very long conversation, but there we've created a, an opportunity to um, ensure that there is an accountability, even in a, <clears throat> a very difficult uh, scenario. Obviously, mm -hmm. if finances were not a big issue or if there was a way to be able to go into separate vehicles, um, you know, luckily for me, I mean, today I actually had that situation where I needed to go to a meeting and um, my uh, architect, who's a lady, I had to ask her to please go in another vehicle. So we went to this meeting in two separate vehicles. You know, the client's like, this is a bit over the top. Why are you all coming in your own cars? Um, but that's besides the point. Now, obviously, I have that uh, opportunity and, and luxury of being able to do that. But I think it's a really good question, Justin, that, you know, sometimes you're not in that position. Uh, you're not in, you don't have that opportunity. I think, I think it's a brilliant answer, uh, Gordon. We need to do the best we can. And sometimes it will cost us. It'll cost us. Uh, it will look stupid because someone might be sitting behind your screen now and think, yo, we're taking it too far. Gordon, you are ridiculous. Um, guys, this is not because we need to run from sin as far as possible. And the evil one is not going to come with a nice little red fork and say, be careful, this lady. No, it's going to come in ways you're not expecting it. And so I think it will in this the world we live in, it will take sometimes ridiculous um, actions on our part. Um, there are just too much, uh, too much uh, sexual impropriety, too much unfaithfulness, too much marriage breakups happening for us to think this is not a problem. And somehow, because we serve Jesus, it's the biggest, the most dangerous comment you can make. I love Jesus. It will never happen to me. That is like you are a sitting duck. I just comment there, Moni. I think also it's not just about that. It's also what other people think if they see people in the church doing it. You know, you've got you've got to remember that that you're an example to others. So um, for me, if I'm in that situation, I'll put two people in the car, and the one will just have to come along for the ride. If if I have to do that, or yeah, you know, those are the options. Have have more people go along with you, but. Other people see, see, especially leaders, see someone doing that and it creates a very bad um, impression. That's, yeah. Yeah. Just um, there's resources. Before we go further, there's resources that Lindsay is stating in the, in the chat rocks. Sorry, Kim, you can go. Uh, yeah, so um, just to comment on Gordon's um, comment, I think it's also quite an awesome opportunity for testimony. I don't know if it's just me, but I can't hear what's said. Kim, Kim, we're not hearing you. Kim, we're not hearing you. Kim, we're not hearing you. They might you just well. go, oh, okay, Gordon, that was a, that's just weird. But, and it, Gordon, to say, this is why. Okay. <laughs> okay, Kim, you have to repeat what you said in the beginning. Your connection was very bad. Can you hear me now? 
Now we hear you well. So you unfortunately will have to say it in full. <laughs> okay, just just put thumbs down if, if it goes weird again. Um, so what I was saying is, you know, Gordon's um, comment of driving in two cars, it could have just been seen as a, oh, Gordon is being odd. But I think it's such an awesome opportunity to use those situations where we are so different from the world to use it as a testimony, you know, so Gordon could say, you know, this is actually why I'm driving in a certain car, a, a different car, instead of just leaving it for the world to see as oh, odd, you know, but it can have so much more power if we explain why um, and, and make God the center of it and, and the reason why we are doing what we're doing. Yeah, it's good. Good. Um, Marnie, can I ask a question? It's a little bit off the topic that you guys are talking about now. I came in a bit late, so I'm not, a, I'm not sure on what was all mentioned when you spoke about marriage. But um, we've got a couple in our DNA group that the wife desperately wants another child, but the husband is just blatantly, blatantly refusing. And it's, this has been going on for years. Um, how do you counsel them? in that situation? Brian, um, I think it's a, I think it's a question that we probably want to, that I probably want to discuss outside of this. Uh, the reason being, um, we're more looking at guardrails. Uh, and I think it's maybe a little bit off topic, if you don't mind, buddy. Um, okay. And if it's, yeah, so if you don't mind, um, um obviously if i would i would definitely as husband and wife counsel him together i think that's probably the most helpful but that's all i'm going to say now you and i can probably have a conversation off screen if that's okay okay perfect thanks thanks bud anyone else I want to ask, um, you didn't mention much on the guardrails with regards to our faithfulness to tithing and how this is an important role to, you know, our, what do you want to call it, uh, laying our lives down for the Lord and our connection to, to God. Um, because, of, you know, it's, it's, it's obviously something, especially in this day and age, uh, that, that is challenged and, um, you know, what are we doing in our DNAs? Are we challenging each other in our DNAs uh, and asking those kind of tough questions as well? Um, yeah. So you want to comment on that? I, I think it's an absolutely brilliant comment. I, I, as you said it, I realize it's an absolutely definite guardrail, but I've never thought of it that way. Uh, I would have never put it in the topic, but uh, let me elaborate what Gordon is saying there. And that is, you want to know, you want to put a guardrail in place. I do believe tithing, uh, which many people will go throw back at you and say it's, it's an Old Testament <coughs> or it's, it's under the law. Uh, and I'm not going to go into a teaching of tithing now, but I think tithing uh, is a spiritual connection. First of all, uh, I think we need to, in DNA context, ask one another, are you tithing? But ask the question different. Say, are you regularly, consistently tithing? Not just are you tithing? And I've asked the question in recent times, and it's been interesting, the question, the answers have come back. And then I follow it up and I said, and if the person says to me, no, we're not regular tithing. And then I make the following statement, and I've still, I've never been proven wrong. I say, okay, so let me guess. Your finances are quite chaotic. 
It feels like your pockets have got holes in it. It feels like when you you just never get on top of your finances, it's just all over the place. Um, your life, it, 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 see, the thing is tithing is a hard thing, and it is a reflection of your, your first of all, your commitment to God and to God's family. And uh, and somebody that says to me is seriously committed to Gospel Central Church, but says he doesn't regularly tithing. I want to ask him which one is it because they go to it's the same thing. Uh, you can't you can't tell me there's a commitment to God and God's people uh, if you don't do that because yeah I don't want to go into a tithing teaching but I think it's an excellent guardrail um, and I I don't believe it's a thing of people people have said in the past. If you don't tithe, there's a curse on you. I don't believe that at all. What I do believe, what you are saying with your mouth is God's not number one. You're saying that God is not all. God is not my Lord. And actually money and looking after myself and, and my providing for myself is actually more important. So there are so many things that you are safeguarding yourself against by putting a regular tithe in place and and especially when people come back and you ask them the tithe question and say must i tithe um, 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 gross or net you know there's already a heart issue there as well it's like your wife says to you uh, lovey you must tell me you must tell me more how much you love me and you go back and you say how many times do you need to hear it and uh, it's like that's the same answer how many times is it needed how much is enough for you to think I love you. And so Gordon, I think it's an absolutely brilliant comment and some would, would struggle to even know the difference. But anyway, yeah. Hi, Manny. Yes. Um, I had, um, you mentioned that you mentioned um, music or worship songs and um, yeah. the, the theology and theme behind it. Um, and I think more and more recently, uh, we've started to see um, songs that um, are cutting across, um, maybe what I would say is causing slightly a bit of confusion. I'll clarify what I mean by that. Um, blanketly, if you say songs by this particular artist, um, you don't know the theology behind it, and then more and more you're finding some of those songs are being sung in present environments, which we consider to be safe and so the environment, places, for example, like that are under the 412 umbrella. Does it then become a question of um, judging each song individually as opposed to blanketly blocking off um, an artist? Um, where does the guardrail fall um, in that situation? I think I think the guardrail is. Uh, let's use an example like um, um, uh, the most obvious one. I've just gone blank. Um, Bethel. 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 Jesus culture. Uh, we know that there's a lot of their theology that we as a church will not agree with. <clears throat> However, I do think there are songs that are that are theologically correct that I think we can sing. Um, and I think that's the decision we made as a church uh, a while ago as elders, because if you start saying, well, there's things about, about Hillsong's, we would certainly not agree with Hillsong's theology. 
I mean, we're going to end up seeing Baba Black Sheep on Sundays because there's not going to be many options left. We're going to start saying, well, I don't know if we can sing this song that's a hymn 400 years old because the guy was a drunkard when he wrote the song. So I think we need to look at the theology, the guardrail, but I think it's probably not helpful if we sing a stack of their songs because we need to explain to people we're singing this song is written by if they, it's written by Hill song or it's written by by Jesus culture, but you need to be careful to just blanketly in a blanket way listen to everything Hill song, everything Jesus culture because some of the theology will probably be unhelpful. So I think there needs to be a conversation taking place. Uh, if you guys, as many leaders on this group, if there's a better way that we can communicate that, uh, then we have to, because unfortunately, when you use something, people make the assumption, they, they connect the dots and they say, well, oh, they must be okay with the song because there's one Hill song song we're singing. So uh, that's my best answer I can give George. I think there's always a danger, uh, but I don't think we cannot sing if there's a theologically very sound song that somebody sing. I think we need to then treat the song in isolation. Don't think it's a great answer, it's my best answer. Um, anyone else that maybe want to add a guardrail or something like Gordon with the tithing that's not being mentioned? Um, so I've mentioned, I would say, DNA, being in DNA, being in a small community is a huge guardrail. Uh, reading God's word, there's a, if you ask me what are the big ones, uh, reading God's word and understanding God's word and, and passionately desiring to know more about God and hard running after it and engaged in, and, and DNA automatically assumes engaged in church, not just distant, uh, now and again, casual, casual engagement. That, no. Yeah, uh, maybe one thing I just needed to, I wanted to contribute about this is that um, you have actually tackled quite a number of things and uh, looking at uh, what is prevailing in the world today, changing of culture, and sometimes even theology, doctrines, as people interact and learn more things and new things, I realize that um, we are all in one way or another growing and also sometimes changing our positions time to time. And, uh, and hearing these things, um, I'm inclined to praying that uh, maybe we also reach at a, tie, at a point where as a leadership, we, we grow to a point where we begin to review some of these uh, uh, documents and come up with things that we can begin to teach ourselves and some, some of the things that we hold dearly. I mean, look, talk about dating, talk about maybe uh, marriage counseling, talk about all these things, you know, um, uh, family. We, we also just need to reach a point where we begin to review these things. That includes music as well. We need to grow to, to, grow to a point where uh, um, we, we are able to do our own songs and have our own band that are going to do the songs and, 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 and we are no longer using uh, the, the, the music that other people are actually doing. And so uh, at the Amen. moment, uh, we need to do as much as possible that we can, we can try, but uh, I think we need to reach that point to help us uh, reach, uh, uh, have a unity of purpose and a direction. This is a huge thing. Yeah, and it's just gonna get worse. Um, Justin, very good uh, comments that you've added. Another guardrail that I didn't mention, 
and it's more a guardrail than as a, as a church. And that is to be part of a movement or to be part of a, a, a family or a partnership of churches that can speak into us and see our blind spots as a church, I think is a significant a guardrail against a church going doctrinally skew or, or anything like that. So I should have mentioned, I would say that's quite a big one as well. Uh, us not being an independent church or standing on their own, uh, but that we have others that look in and speak into the life of the church. Any, 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 anyone else that wants to mention anything else that, that you want to add to what I've said or clarification or anything like that, um, it'll be helpful. Uh, don't wait for the other guy to comment. Many of you have not said a word yet. I'm sure you have opinions. You might just not want to share it. Yeah. Um, about the big decisions when you're talking like finance, you know, making big decisions when maybe, for instance, we're buying a vehicle or we're buying a house or we're selling the boat or buying the kids a motorbike or something. Those decisions, multiple times in my life, I've stepped in that noose and got caught in properly because, yeah. you know, independently having control over my own finances until I got married. You know, I made the decisions at the time and once I realized that, hey, I got to keep my better half informed on any decisions and take her opinion as well, whether it yeah. is him or her. And I have had that mistake in my life and I regret them. I've made a point of making sure to share that information with, like for instance, with Christina. So when we do make a decision on buying something, for instance, or a vehicle or selling or whatever, we try and discuss so that we are both on the same page. And hence, we share the same bank account. So if, if there's an issue, we can, you know, one can keep the other one informed. I do think it's it's good for a couple because you grow together. Um, you, you create that trust within one each other. That's how I've experienced it. And yeah out there who don't have that i would suggest you know get a combined account and be open with one another if you're spending 50 quacho on yourself here make sure that you know that she needs to know that you spend 50 quacho on something else that you didn't agree with her okay yeah. so good. Things. good good comment good thank you quivers for that anyone else guys don't wait for the next guy. Anyone that want to add? Manny, um, the other thing is, you know, when, when we uh, create this culture of accountability, I think one of the other uh, guardrails, I would say, is uh, confidentiality. Because what we are saying is we must be accountable to one another. But uh, we must also be able to, to have uh, uh, enough grace to be able to, to keep those things that are shared with us in, in confidence and, 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 and make people comfortable to share things with, with, with us. Because sometimes people don't, uh, are not accountable because they feel betrayed by those people to whom they have tried to be accountable. And each one of us are very different. There are people who would want to confide in a few people and they want to keep it there. 
And there are people uh, who have no problem to confide with somebody and that somebody they have confided in with also becomes open about it to another person. I think uh, in this area, the, gu the, the guardrails must also extend to being able to say, okay, we must also have wisdom. We must also get permission from the people that confide in us in those small DNAs and all that to know what we can share and what we cannot share and probably how we can do what we, we with information that is shared to us. To what point can we extend it to a, to a bigger group? To what point can we keep it to a smaller group? I think, I think that's helpful. I think what we, I think it's brilliant, Justin. Um, there are a few, but a very few uh, exceptions when somebody comes and, and for instance, say, hey guys, I've been unfaithful with my wife, to my wife. Um, that you would have to go back to the guy and say, okay, but are you going to talk to her? No, I'm not going to. Okay, I just need to tell you I, that I can't keep confidential. We, you, I would, I'm going to give you time to speak to your wife. And if you do not speak, let's say it's a leader. Let's say it's a leader. Uh, that leader can't tell you, don't tell anyone. Sorry, that falls outside of the realm what Justin has just said. You need to say to the leader, okay, but I give you X, one, two, three days. To, to go and talk and if you don't you need to know that I need to go and talk to the necessary people then confidentiality is not a is not an option need to understand it but the principle of confidentiality as Justin has said is absolutely intact and I do think it's something that we need to hold one another to does that make sense to everybody what I've just said Any other questions, guys? Any other perspectives? Nothing going, going, gone. Kachinga, can you pray for us and bring our time together to an end? If there's no one else that wants to bring last-minute uh, perspectives, then we're going to end our time together. And uh, trust that this has been helpful. And I'm sure that I might get some personalized WhatsApps afterwards or something. Uh, hopefully, it's been helpful, a reminder for some of us, and uh, maybe we can wrestle going forward. Just before we finish off, just look in the chat room. Lindsay has posted uh, quite a few helpful uh, resources that uh, I'm going to copy, and I'm just going to copy it into the leaders group that you can then that you guys can then post. Uh, into your groups as well. Um, so yeah, Kachinga, would you mind closing fast if nobody has got any other comments? Uh, Can just I just one, jump one. in? Okay, jump in. Go, Gordon. No, uh, just uh, I would li like to ask if we could all please pray in, re in, in line with what's happening in uh, KwaZulu-Natal. We've got a number of our community group members actually in KwaZulu right now at the moment, and it's quite a dire situation. So... Please hold up uh, all those in South Africa and, and what's going on there. It, it's really getting quite bad. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to ask us to do that at the end, maybe. Thanks. Okay, Kachinga, if you, when you finish off, can you include that in your prayer as well? Uh, Lynn, you can go. Yeah, it's just um, the recognition that these times are particularly difficult. Um, and we would be, when we're struggling, we're more, uh, I think, vulnerable to, to temptations and we let our guards down. So I really feel like this is a word in season. 
But also in terms of, you know, Marnie makes makes the joke that we are one day closer to end times than we were yesterday. But actually we are. Um, and I, I feel like we need to be instituting disciplines and being wise in these times when it's relatively easy. Because as Christians, things are going to get difficult. And if we haven't been exercising our muscles and we haven't been learning wisdom and exercising wisdom, we're going to be at more of a disadvantage. So this is really a, a word in season. Um, as Lindsay, sorry, uh, Kachinga, as Lindsay was saying, uh, a guardrail that I'm suddenly, God has brought to mind to me is the guardrail of humility. If you really want to make... 101 of how to fall into a sin you never thought you're going to fall into is when you sit here and you think, I would never do that. I can't believe or having a thought and having when somebody falls into sin with, with no grace approach them and actually nailing them, cutting off their knees, slapping them through the face and absolutely going ballistic. You are set, you are in so much danger, my friend. So we need to sin a sin and we need to call people to repent of it. But we need to do it in gentleness. We can we we don't we do it with gentleness and humility, knowing that you and the Bible has got a scripture where it says, be careful when you speak. It's in James, when the Bible says, be careful when you speak to a brother about a sin, that you don't fall into that same sin when you challenge him on the sin. So be very careful. And 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 then some of the things that you that you so easily see in somebody else that you don't end up falling in those same kind of things. So let's continue having a spirit of humility. Um, Kachinga, would you pray for us, but sure, let's pray together. Our Lord, as we end our time together this evening, we again come before you. And thank you for the moments that we have spent together. Um, thank you, Lord, that we could, in this Monday evening, um, have the time to gather together um, and sharpen one another, uh, remind ourselves about this faith that has been once for all delivered for, for the saints. We thank you um, for what you have done for us in your son, Christ, that he was willing to come and lay down his life for us. Um, that if we call upon his name, uh, put our faith in him, believe in him, that we would be saved and we would have um, eternal life and a relationship with you. So we thank you, Lord, that this is not something we need to do for ourselves. But as we have been called to you, uh, we thank you for the reminder that we, we still need to work out our salvation with trembling. Um, and that we need to demonstrate the evidence uh, of our salvation, the evidence that we have responded to your call, that we love you, that we indeed um, have a relationship with you. And so thank you for the many different uh, guardrails that have been shared and discussed this evening. Um, thank you for the uh, thoughts and the ideas and the suggestions that have come this evening. And I pray, Lord, that uh, each one of us will. Uh, come away from our time together, um, not closing the chapter on this, but that we will continue to ponder upon this and how it applies to each one of us individually, that we examine those areas of our lives where we have let down uh, our guard 
and that Lord, we will come before you in repentance um, and truly seeking Lord to um, uh, be where we ought to be in our work with you. So help us Lord to implement these things in the context of uh, ourselves as a family, as a church together, but also in the context of smaller community, in our DNAs, um, in our individual families as uh, husband and wife, um, help us, Lord, to demonstrate to ourselves, uh, to our community, to the world, that we indeed belong to you by the fruit that we produce. So we commit ourselves to you uh, this evening. We pray also for uh, our friends in South Africa, uh, particularly with the violence that is uh, spreading uh, not only in KwaZulu-Natal, but now seems to be spreading to other parts of the country. Lord, we pray that you will grant wisdom to the president, to the leaders of the nation, that in a time when they are already struggling with COVID and now have to deal with violence, that, Lord, um, they will be wise, they will be um, decisive, and that they will act quickly to quell violence, to quell the destruction um, that seems to be rising, that property will be protected, that lives will be protected. Um, and that people will respect uh, the rule of law. Uh, we pray that even in a time such as this, that your people will be able to shine a light, um, uh, to stand out uh, as a beacon of truth and a beacon of, uh, of hope and of righteousness. We commit ourselves to you now for this evening, Lord, and pray that you will protect us, be with us, um, and be with us through the rest of this week. In the name of your son, we pray. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If you have any questions or would like to connect, email us at connect at gospelcentral.church or visit our website gospelcentral.church. God bless.